This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. All right, well, baseball isn't boring, uh, in large part because of the two people who are joining us now, Courtney Finnecombe. Everyone knows Courtney. Courtney, how are you? How are you guys? Always a pleasure. Oh, my goodness. Courtney Finnecombe, uh, uh, Pedro Grafal's best friend. But this, you know, got a lot of play in that Pedro Grafal interview, Courtney. Excellent I'm job. Job. I'm still getting the kudos. A month later, it's kind of amazing. It kind of is amazing. And Ellen Adair from the from many many places. And we're going to list the places. So many places. But it's great, Ellen. First of all, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my goodness, it's pl- my pleasure. I'm very honored to be joining you today. I so I this is the first time that we've met, but I knew that you uh, were uh, you were a proponent of baseball not being boring. This is- I'm a strong proponent of baseball not being boring. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, well, that there you go. You just got a, yourself a T-shirt, so and yeah. a sweatshirt and a book and the whole ball of wax. So before we go on, and this is great because. Ellen, of the many, many things you do, you podcast, you're an artist, and you also are in in the entertainment industry in terms of your your, great movie, Cryptid, that's coming out. Is that right? Am I pronouncing that correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah, it uh, it came came out out, earlier this month. Yes, it it looks awesome. It looks, I'm not just saying that, It, (laughs) it looks awesome. It looks, well, it was shot in Massachusetts, I'll so maybe that's why it looks so awesome to you. Yeah. yeah well, we're going to get to that. The the you have uh, I think you put on social media that you were one of the backdrops. You had the Veritech and the A Rod fight, correct? Indeed, but, yes. But so you know, we talk about we, our stable of people. In the entertainment industry is just growing. Our West Coast slash Hollywood correspondent Ellen, first off, when we started this podcast three months ago. Um, Nate Cordry. So Nate Cordry of the Cordrys. And uh, so Nate Cordry joined us and he talked about his experiences going to Fenway Park for the first time, so forth and so on. D.B. Sweeney, he reprised his role of Shoeless Joe Jackson for me in my Hall of Fame ballot reveal. Um, Just, uh, you know, a great lover of the game of baseball. But I'm telling you, I've been seeing your tweets. I've been seeing your Instagram, seeing how much you follow baseball, how much you love baseball. And uh, I just think it's awesome. So the first thing I will ask, Ellen, is why isn't baseball boring? I should have prepared you for this, but it's almost good if you go in fresh. It's like you can have a three-word answer. You can have the Eduardo Perez four-minute answer. You can do anything you want. But off the top of your head, why isn't baseball boring? Baseball is so fun because, in my opinion, it's the clarity of the drama, right? So I'm an actor, and I think that this is one of the things that was so appealing to me and why I do not remember a time in my life when I didn't love baseball. People will sometimes ask me why I love baseball, and obviously I can tell them all of the reasons, but I can't give them an origin story because I don't remember not loving baseball. And I think that as a child, in comparison to kind of like, you know, the total mess of like a football field or sort of like the royal of a of a changing line in hockey, the clarity of like, it's the batter, 
versus the pitcher. I mean, this is still the key to the sport. And, and my favorite thing now being like an adult dweeb is like the little minutia of like, Oh my God, is he going to throw him another curveball? Like that's my favorite <laughs> thing about the sport. But as a child, it's so clear sort of who is pitted against whom and everybody on the field has their own role and you can tell exactly who they are. And then also in terms of the batter, when they come up to bat, you even get this information about them. So you've got their name and you've got, here's what they've done so far this season and maybe like other facts about them. And to me, this makes it, even though I, you know, other people, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with them are like, ah, I don't know. Like it's hard to like get into baseball, all the nitty gritty of the rules. I'm like, it's so clear. It lays it all out there for you. So I think that that's uh, the main reason that it's not, boring is it's just in terms of I think that as humans what we do is we construct narratives you know whether it's like what we think of the world or like what we think of ourselves in the world or whether we're like literally storytellers because we are actors or writers or whatever but the narrative of baseball is so clear and you get to read it up there on the board you're like yeah this is exactly what this team did in this inning this is exactly what this team did in this inning and so i think that that drama of it has just been really enduring to me and one of the reasons that nothing reminds me so much of being an actor as baseball. And I think it's, there's something about baseball's universality there that there's so many metaphors that we have in our society that are baseball based, you know, like in the ballpark of, or like hit it out of the park or whatever it is. And so I don't think that actors are maybe um, alone in feeling like nothing is so much like their lives as baseball. But I definitely feel that way. Um, when I'm just like, oh gosh, like I'm in a slump or like I got to tinker with my pitches or whatever it is. So, uh, I mean, I have more reasons why I love baseball, but I think those are the main reasons why baseball isn't boring. Courtney, I think that was our best one yet. I'm gonna be <laughs> I mean, that was, <laughs> that was, that was it was beautiful, Ellen. I mean, I'm like blown away by how you just kind of put that all together and I got, I just want to add to that too, because it makes me laugh when I was actively dating in Chicago and I would come across the random guy that would tell me, you know, under no uncertain, uncertain circumstances, Courtney, I think baseball is terribly boring. It was done. It was over. I mean, he could be the greatest guy in the world, but it's, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So I love that you beautifully put that. I mean, I could not agree more with everything you just said because it is so unique. The game is so unique. And I love that you appreciate in that beautiful sense the way you just did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I'm sure it's not the best, but no, I appreciate best. both of it's you lying to me so well. No, it is the best. It's because <laughs> we, you know, we've, we've power ranked the best answers. Uh, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan Papelbon was the weirdest, uh, but you know, whatever weird sometimes isn't good. Uh, isn't, I believe isn't it from bad. Papelbon. Yeah. yeah I well, believe that. A friend of the podcast uh, and soon to be our gambling expert. Um, but, uh, but also, you know, like Eduardo Perez just had this, it's, it's, you know, what's great about Alan and Courtney is that this is why we do this. When we started sort of this thing back about a year ago, and and Alan, to give you some context, Joe Kelly and I, we wanted to do a book, and this was sort of like the lead into the book. And and as we did, as I did the book, as I did the podcast, as Courtney and, and myself and others have have talked on this podcast, everybody comes from such a unique place, but ends up at such a similar place. I mean, for instance. The talking to when, when for the book, we talked to like John Hamm, we talked to Rob Lowe, we talked to these other people, Mark Hoppus, and everyone had this story about the first time, even Rob, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, they when they walked into a stadium for the first time, what that felt like. And, and as why everyone comes from a different place. The walking into the stadium was eerily similar for everybody. And so t- t- tell me, tell me for you, what do you remember about that? I don't remember it. Okay. It, yeah. So sorry to like, no, no, you no, know, that's be okay. the exception no, well, to the I mean, rule here. That's okay. Because I mean, I remember, I do not remember the first time that I walked in um, to, it was the beautiful veteran stadium, of course, of my youth. Um, I didn't have a yard. So I remember just being like, yeah, it looks like grass to me. Um, 
<laughs> so I don't, I mean, I, yeah, I don't remember that first moment. I remember like being excited to go to a baseball game because I had already been to a baseball game. I think because, you know, my mom loves to tell the story about how they took me to games from when I was a baby and that they showed me sleeping on the Jumbotron when the Jumbotron was still relatively new and everybody was like paying a lot of attention to it. And the whole crowd went, oh, look at the baby sleeping. So like, I don't remember. I don't remember my first time uh, stepping out. I mean, I remember going out, being excited to see the field, but it was like, here I am again is the only thing that I remember. No, that's fair. That's fair. Cordy, I, I don't know if I've ever asked you that question. You remember walking in? It must have been well- Comiskey or something, right? It, well, it was. It was the, the original Comiskey, yes. But I'm one of these weird people, Rob, and I think maybe we have hit on this in the past, where when I'm in, like, a different city, for instance, and I drive past a stadium without even going inside, I get emotional. Like, I'm just like, it's just such a cool, unique experience that's different from any other stadium, even football stadiums. I don't get that same feeling. There's something about seeing a baseball park that is just really – special and unique and sort of like what Ellen said I don't remember my very first memory but now as an adult I appreciate every single stadium I walk in and everyone has a little bit of a different feeling but they're all unique and they're all special in their own way no doubt I think it is very I I understand why it makes such an impression especially if you are as as I was basically an urban kid to then get to see that much grass I mean, I still feel that way. I live in New York City. And I, I part of what I actually love about going to the ballpark is that moment when you're like, oh, my goodness, that much grass, just like that much greenery. <laughs> and I think that it's one of the things that, to me, makes going to a baseball game always such a beautiful experience. And I mean that literally is like even in the moments when literally nothing is happening because it is between innings. And, you know, I think all three of us nerds on this podcast are are super into like baseball is so fascinating and so fun because we're like looking at all the tiny little things that are going on. But even in the moments when literally nothing is happening, then it is just reflective. It is almost like being in nature, but you also get to be in the midst of, you know, sport and with humanity, everybody cheering together and stuff like that. I think it's like, it's, it's a beautiful experience of getting to be part of sort of you as the molecule of humanity in the midst of other humanity molecules and also you reflecting upon, you know, nature or creation, whatever your but, view of it is. But that's, and, and we, we've talked about this with Courtney, like this is baseball because all the things that you said, baseball is undeniably the best sporting event to go to. And, and in this world of attention span, it, you know, people with no attention span and saying, I've got to see the up and down of the hockey game or the basketball game or even the, the football game, which is made for TV. There is no, all for all the reasons that you said, there is nothing like going to a baseball big game because you have the time to actually digest it. Right. You have the, all the things that you said, you have the time to digest it. Now, Courtney said, you know, he, she went to the Rangers game and she digested a $25 margarita out of a helmet. <laughs> So, uh, but, but that's part, (laughs) that's part of it. That's part of it. That's part part of of the whole thing. And so it's, it's all of it. And and it's funny, Ellen, because you, you say you're going to like this analogy. This is one that I use. I love the like thinking through stuff. And I've said this multiple, multiple times in the last three months, but the Bryce Harper at bat for me, that was like, that was a perfect example where you have this moment. And you're thinking along with a pitcher. You're thinking along with a hitter. Every then the actual pitch comes. The hit the the hitter does something or he doesn't do something. This happened for a course of a, a five or so minutes, and then boom, out of nowhere, this unbelievable moment where you get the backdrop of the of the fans, and that's like in a, in a nutshell. I mean, I know it's for you because you're a Phillies fan, but I mean, it's, but I mean, this is, but this is, that to me was, if, if I'm going to use an example, that there's no better example. Well, I mean, I certainly agree. And, <laughs> and I think, yeah, particularly kind of like him spitting on the pitch that maybe he, you know, should have chased if he was somebody else other than Bryce Harper and he didn't. And, you know, and really waiting for his pitch. And 
I think also the drama of like literally the drama of it raining and like they should have called the game, but they didn't want to because they were supposed to get on a plane to go to <laughs> San Diego. Like it's just, yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Let me ask you before we get, cause this is, this is perfect because the whole motivation is to get people ready for the baseball season. And you two, there is nobody who are doing it better right now than you two. I appreciate that. Uh, and we're going to get to sort of some of the details about what's around the corner for the baseball season. But you had mentioned sort of the analogy with acting and being an actor and um, how, how you can look at yourself as almost a baseball player. But I'm curious about this, is that are you the biggest, when you get onto a set as an actor, do you find yourself as the biggest baseball fan? Usually. Uh, yeah, usually. And do you ever find yourself like, come on, come on, let's talk baseball. We have some time. Let's talk baseball. Uh, and I know there's baseball fans in in acting and in, in that world. Yeah. But, but do you find yourself really, I mean, g- give me an example of someone who could keep up with you, I guess, if, if you have one. Or is, this, is there enough time? on a set for an actor like yourself? I mean, there's always a lot of time on the set. Like it's, it's really, it's a, it's a hurry up and wait kind of a profession. Um, And I'm trying to think of, because there are, I mean, there are a lot of actors who really like baseball and I can think of some, I I have a friend, um, Adam Green, who is not done a ton of on camera stuff, but is like predominantly a theater actor. And I haven't actually worked with him, but like for sure he knows more about baseball than I do. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm the 100th percentile, but I might be in like the 98th percentile of people of actors that I personally know. Cause obviously I know a lot of baseball people who know a lot more about baseball than I do. Um, but I'm trying to, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think about, it is usually something that I will end up talking about people, uh, about with people on a set because the statistical likelihood is that I am wearing a baseball shirt, <laughs> not even like thinking about it or trying to, or that I have like three different branded pieces of Phillies merchandise. I recently visited my dad and my stepmom was like, I feel like it's the first time I've ever seen you not wearing a Phillies shirt. <laughs> and I was like, well, I do have my Phillies hat and my Phillies fanny pack. So I felt like I had a covered. Um, so yeah, like my, my husband got me a Phillies holiday sweater a few years ago. And it's a wonderful gift because when I have to go to a holiday party, I can wear the Phillies holiday sweater. And for like people who don't know me, I will immediately be a beacon of like, please come and talk about baseball with me. So it's a wonderful <laughs> gift that keeps giving. Courtney, do you have a Chicago White Sox holiday sweater? I was just going to say, I need to invest in one immediately now. <laughs> yeah. It's such, <laughs> it's such a good gift. Yeah. But, but see, see, this is the difference. When I go to a holiday party, um, I don't want to hear about, like, I remember, <laughs> this is going back and showing my age, but, you know, Daisuke Matsuzaka. I'm like, oh, come on. I don't want to talk about Daisuke Matsuzaka. I don't want like, I don't want to talk about this, but at the same time, I do like talking about baseball for people who, you know, are in other industries and, and, and comparing them like, and like, just like you did. I, I love that. I love because baseball touches on so many things in so many ways. And this is one of the great things about it. It just, as I, and as we were doing this sort of this book, it is incredible. It's like, Oh, I didn't think of it that way. Or I didn't think of it that way. And probably like you come across that in various, like, just like you said at the beginning of the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, certainly. No, I think it's so one of the wonderful things about talking with people about baseball is not just talking about baseball, but discovering sort of the way in which they are a fan and the things that they pay attention to and the things that they care about. And so it's not just talking about baseball. It's actually also like, I mean, the reason you talk to any human being, right? It's like sort of to learn about them. Um, I do want to shout out, uh, I, I shot a film last year called Herd, which I think is going to be a really spectacular film. And, uh, the, both the writer director of the film, uh, it, uh, is a very big Cardinals fan. Um, and so it was really fun, certainly to talk to him about baseball and, uh, and yeah. And I just really appreciate there's like 
a reference to baseball in his, you know, horror movie, which I always love. There's also a reference to baseball in Cryptid. Um, so I feel like I'd love to Ooh. only be in movies where at least there's some small reference to baseball because you can tell it's like people who really love baseball. Oh, and my goodness, I can't believe I didn't think of this. I'm such an idiot. Um, Brad Rigo, the filmmaker of Cryptid, is also a big Red Sox fan and uh, can definitely like really talk in depth about what's going on with the Red Sox. So this, so, is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask our, our listeners, our followers to I'm not going to ask you the baseball reference in Cryptid, but I'm going to ask people to identify the baseball people, the reference in Cryptid. That way they'll be able to enjoy an awesome, awesome film and also and pluck it out. And we're going to get the first person to do that is going to get baseballs and a boring T-shirt. Boom. There you go. Okay. As much well, as amazing. I, as much as I would like to. And if, if and I do want to ask you, you said you had the maybe I hope I'm not saying this is the part, but there was a, a photo of the, the Veritech in A-Rod in, in the movie, right? Correct. I don't know if it's in the movie. It was just in the bar where we were shooting. We Ooh, were shooting okay. in a Red Sox bar. It, it's set in Maine. But, you know, like yeah. also Red Sox territory. So, uh, no, I, it was just very funny to me because I had shot another movie with the lead of Cryptid in 2018 and we also shot it in a Red Sox bar and there was also the picture of Tech shoving his bit in A-Rod's face and I also took a picture with it then. Um, and neither of them I don't think actually appear in the movie, but, um, yeah, I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to spoil. No, no, no. This is good. Occurs. I, I like. But, this. Yeah, if people are expecting to get to see that photo in the film, they will be disappointed. Oh, and Alan, but... you just made me think of something. This is a very controversial subject for Courtney. Very oh. controversial. You know what uh -oh. I'm going with this, Courtney? I'm I'm always ready. You know that, right? You no, know, I know. But you know, you know, we we had a draft of baseball movies, mm. and and so uh, who ended up? What did you end up winning, Courtney? I don't know. But <laughs> of course, okay. I won. I the best. Okay. Okay, but Courtney said this, and and I'll say this: DB Sweeney agreed with her mm -hmm. that Field of Dreams is not a baseball movie. Thoughts? I think it it does count as a baseball movie. Thank you. Yes. However, let her, I, let her finish. However, I don't think it's one of the best baseball movies. I think it is too elevated in the canon of baseball films. I, of course, I have a podcast grading baseball movies on the 20 to 80 scouting scale used for baseball prospects. So I have done <laughs> like, like thousands of hours of thinking about baseball movies at this point. And I think that I, I like Field of Dreams. It was actually like one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. But I, I, yeah, I think it's unfairly elevated in the baseball film canon. And I also deeply respect D.B. Sweeney throwing shade at Field of Dreams because, of course, Ray Liotta did oh. not bat left-handed and D.B. Sweeney did, for which he gets my eternal admiration. I mean, he's also like a great actor. Um, but, and I mean, Ray Liotta, also a fantastic actor, but also like Shoeless Show was not from New Jersey. Anyway, like I, I just have <laughs> you, you issues with that particular casting, <laughs> even though Liotta's a fantastic actor. Can, can I give you something here? Is that, so... DB said, and he said this on the podcast after we did the the ballot reveal, that he was actually offered the Ray Liotta part, the Shoeless Joe Jackson part in Field of Dreams. But, and maybe you can relate to this, I don't know. He had just got going, second movie, feel, uh, um, eight men out, second movie, didn't want to be typecast. <laughs> I get that. Yep. I, you know, my team has been like, no, you know, turn this down because it's just like this thing that you just did, only it's less good because it's not a lead. Like that has happened to me. I mean, so I get it. Yeah. I get and also it. also use the same uniforms in, in Eight Men Out and Field of Dreams. But you're, but yeah, you're right. But it's, uh, but the, but the, um, yeah, I'm, I, I agree. I, DB, DB is the preeminent shoeless Joe Jacks. Anyway. We're here to get people excited about the great game of baseball heading into 2023. And you guys are great to do this. And we, we, so Ellen and I had asked for some sort of some like things that you're looking forward to. Courtney, I want you to weigh in on each of these things. We're going to start here. Okay. This is a good one. And this is, this is, uh, this is, there are so many little things that we don't know what are going to happen in 2023. And one of the first thing you brought up, 
Alan, is rules incentivize stolen bases. And this is, I'll, before you guys go on, I will just say, this is awesome. I miss stolen bases. Um, I like stolen bases. And it, it always adds to the whole package of watching baseball. Um, Ellen, before you go, Courtney, what's your thoughts on that? My thoughts is I'm a, I've said this to you on several podcasts. I'm a huge fan of small ball in general. So I am hoping and praying that stolen bases does come back. Um, I think it's, it brings a whole level of excitement to the game of baseball that we need. And I am all for it. And I hope that this is the, the direction we are going into with some of the rule changes. I fully agree. So, Ellen, when you surface that, one of the things, the primary things you're looking forward to do that in 23, what made you put that at your top of your list? I mean, I think in some ways, look, I'm going to talk about this for a long time, but in some ways, Courtney nailed it. It's because like stolen bases are very exciting to see. And and this is like I'm not as much focusing on the larger base as part of it. I mean, I think that might have some small yeah. thing to yeah, do you, with you it. Sum, but, you summed up the larger base change, right? Everyone's like, eh, well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like the, the, the chicken <laughs> dinner entree at a wedding. Basically. You're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, it, this, is, this is a ramification of the pitch clock rules. And I am a little nervous about the pitch clock for our friends, the pitchers. Like being a Phillies fan, there are three pitchers in the bullpen, uh, Jose Alvarado, Andrew Bellotti, and Craig Kimbrell, whose tempo last year <laughs> suggests that they are really going to like run afoul of the pitch clock, according to Baseball Savant. But the most interesting part of the pitch clock rule change for me um, is the part that limits pickoffs. So pitchers will be limited to, to only two disengagements of any kind, including pickoffs, unless the third disengagement gets the runner out. So on the one hand, this makes me very nervous for Aaron Nola, who is my favorite overall current active player, and Zach Gallen, who is my favorite pitcher who's not on the Phillies, as the two of them led the National League last year in pickoff throws per base runner. Like, I am so, so used to hearing the crowd of Mets fans booing Aaron Nola while he throws over to first base. And I'm always like, it's not personal, you guys. He does this to everybody, I promise. So it absolutely fascinates me, by the way, that this is a trait shared by two of my favorite pitchers in the game, especially when there are so many other ways that Nola and Gallen remind me of each other in their arsenals. But anyway, I promise that this is a thing, <laughs> the whole uh, rule change that will incentivize stolen bases. This is the thing that I am excited about, and for two reasons. So number one, I am nervous, but I am so excited <laughs> to see what happens in this sort of game theory of it all. So are all batters going to try to get bigger leads to try to lure pickoff attempts and make the pitchers go through them? Like, is everybody just going to completely run amok after those two pickoff attempts? And will the pitcher more often throw people out at second? Like, what is going to happen? It's this whole in the kind of like, you know, cat and mouse game, like chess game to completely mix my metaphors between the pitcher and the batter. It's this whole new element that we've never had. It's insane what's going to happen. <laughs> and I think what's probably going to happen is that there are going to be a lot more stolen bases. And while I am nervous for my beloved Aaron Nola and Zach Gallen from a more objective baseball fan standpoint, like stolen bases are really fun to see. They're exciting. I want to see more stolen bases. And also, I mean, yes, I'm excited to have Trey Turner on my team. Yes. With his yeah. 99th percentile sprint speed and, you know, smart base running abilities. But like, you know, it could be everybody. I mean, JT Lemuto was already a 2020 player last year. Like, he, what if he's 25-25 from a catcher, you know? And like... Trey Turner is 99th percentile, but he's not 100%. Corbin Carroll, who's the, the Diamondbacks, uh, Diamondbacks prospect, had the fastest sprint speed last year at 30.7 feet per second. What if he's just, like, absolutely wreaking havoc? What about Bobby Witt? Like, what if, Red Sox fans, what if Adalberto Mondesi gets healthy? Like, there's, like, some sort of, like... <laughs> Curse is lifted on him via the trade to Boston. And what if he's, what if he steals like 50 bags in 100 games? Like I have seen Monacy steal a bag in person at Yankee Stadium and it is so glorious. Yeah. And like, 
Also, what about the sheer delight of seeing slower dudes steal more bases? Because a couple of my favorite moments from this last season that I saw in person that were not Phillies related were getting to see both Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols steal oh, a base. Save your ticket stub for that one. Magical. Oh my it was like, it was, those were two different games, but like, it was like discovering a leprechaun. It was so <laughs> incredible. Man, see, this is what we're talking about. Baseball is fun. Baseball yeah. is not boring. <laughs> Courtney, so you you keep, you keep mentioning these Phillies. All these Phillies are going to be stealing bases. It's going to be great. The running Dombrowskis. So it's, uh, but you know, Courtney, you have a guy just signed. You one of your guys just signed with the Phillies, Courtney. Josh Harrison, right? Right, and he's he's a little bit of a feisty player. I mean, if he's surrounded by the kind of team that you have. You're very lucky with the acquisitions you guys have made. He could be a fun little player for you. He'll bring a lot of excitement, a lot of energy. You'll definitely, you'll like him. You'll like him for sure, I think. I already love Josh Harrison. I love him. I have loved him since he was on, like, the Pirates teams that were good. And, I I mean, I don't know if it's just, like, you know, the, the natural weakness for, like, a, you know, utility infielder, although he plays the outfield as well. Yeah, I love him. I love his vibes. I was super excited because the Phillies said also signed him to a, maybe a minor league contract in, I want to say, 2019. And I was so mad when they then, like, released him. Anyway. He's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy to have around. And by the way... Really- like yeah. all, all these good players in the Phillies are reminding me there's only that all leads to one thing, Ellen. All leads to one thing. Backward hat Dave. I love backward hat Dave. <laughs> the, the backward, I said we had Cora on the podcast and like, so we had about a 10 minute conversation about backward hat Dave, like how Cora, <laughs> Cora talked about when they were together, how he had to teach him how to like use emojis. <laughs> <laughs> That's so adorable. I, I love know. it so much. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, when you get to celebrate as a member of the Phillies, backward hat, all of a sudden Dave Dombrowski, backward hat Dave, with uh, <laughs> gets out the workout gear, the backward hat, and the flip-flops, you know it's a good time. It's so, definitely yeah. a good time. No, it's it's the sartorial equivalent to, like, the person coming in, talking to the kids, and, like, turning the chair around, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Or or the uh, Steve Buscemi meme, which is uh, hello, fellow. Hello. How do you do, fellow kids? How do you do, fellow kids? Uh, all right, let's go. To, uh, Courtney, so you you concur, Courtney, with all of these things? A thousand percent. I mean, listen, anything that brings the art of small ball back into play, even if it's for a little bit, for a small rule change, I'm all for. I think it's great. There you small go. ball is more fun to witness. Like I'm it, not denying the long ball's usefulness in winning games and like, it's not going anywhere, but yeah, like, like chicks dig advancing the runner as far as I'm concerned. I, I very much do. In fact, I would actually come up with a t-shirt that said that I would happily wear it because I still like, I'm weird Ellen. Like I like bunting. I'm one of these weirdos that like bunts. I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of out there. I'm very old school when it comes to my, uh, what I like to see on the baseball field. So anything with with small ball, stealing bases, I'm advancing the runners. I love. I, it. I if if I if I do anything in this world in this season, I am going to make T-shirts that say "Chicks Dig Advancing the Runners." <laughs> I would wear it. Well, yeah. I have made a shirt that says "Ladies Love Smartly Executed Defensive Plays" because <laughs> this is the thing that is like most near and dear to my heart. But I have also, I mean, I have a sign that I've carried around uh, to many ball games at this point that says "Ladies Love Plate Discipline" that I hold up anytime you know somebody on my team works a walk. Yeah, love it absolutely. You, you, you guys, I like it. You guys are like of the, of the same mind. It's great. We, it's great. Yes, I love it. <laughs> so let's move on to number two, which is again, like if you're going to say if this is, I, I think this is great that you you are surfacing, not just how oh, I'm looking forward to Shohei Atani, you know, which I'm looking forward to. <laughs> which Shohei. I am. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we had, so we had on on today's podcast, which was taped day before, uh, Rich Hill, I asked him, I said, who is the best hitter you think to, in, in baseball right now? And and I thought, okay, Otani or Trout or whatever. He's like Luis Arise. Like Luis, he said, not only did, is Luis Arise the best hitter in baseball, he said he's the best hitter that he's ever seen. And Rich Hill, I don't know if you know this, is like 100 years old. Correct. So, he's not. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's in baseball. Well, baseball he, that's what, world, that's, like what he's, that's what yes, he's, that's what he's, yeah, he's, I mean, I, he's yeah. seen more batters than anybody else. I exactly. Think, at this well, point, it's he, fair he, to say. He is a, he's very self deprecating, so he would appreciate me. So that, but that was <laughs> like, oh my goodness, like, it, this is nuanced. Much, that is nuanced, much like this is nuanced. And the second one, you have more balanced schedule. So do mm-hmm. tell, do tell about the more balanced schedule. Yeah. Um, so it's not a completely balanced schedule. And that's why I said the more balanced schedule in my email to you. And what I'm excited about most here is just that every fan base can have the opportunity to see their team play every other team. If they tune into every single series in a season on TV, like doesn't need to be every single game, but every single series. So if you're like, I really want to see Mike Trout or Shohei Otani, just like totally hypothetical examples in person, and you can get to a ballpark, you can make that happen between this year and next year. So every team does not visit every single ballpark in a season, but like they work it out between two years. And I mean, I, it's not a hypothetical example because I have never seen Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in person, despite having tried to do this for the last two years. <laughs> and last year we got rained out and the other year, neither of them were playing. And when I went to a game in Anaheim in 2019, they were both out. So oh, like, you're kidding like, me. Oh. That's awful. Yeah. yeah. That's terrible. I, I got to see these guys in person. Anyway, it's easier now. Like you get to see all of the stars of the game if you're just watching from home too, but like, you know, but aren't the kind of nerd who tunes into other matchups if where your team isn't involved, like the three of us probably are. So I just think this is great. Like we should all get to see Julio Rodriguez and Jose Ramirez and Juan Soto and Corbin Burns and Shane McClanahan. Like we, everybody should get to see all of them. And I also think it's good for just like a little bit more balance in the league you know, it, it doesn't automatically mean a tougher schedule for the weaker central division and an easier one for the coasts, as people might assume. Um, but Mike Petriello found in a great look at sort of what the schedule is versus what it would have been, um, you know, who actually is going to have the advantage this year. So I'm not excited about this because like, oh, boy, the Phillies are going to have an easier road. In fact, Petriello thinks it will be tougher for the NL East um, because I think that they were scheduled to play the Central this year. So under the old rules, that's what it would have been. But Mm. the games that they lose in division, they'll be playing against the AL East and the AL West, which are both totally stacked. Um, So, you know, I think also when when you're not seeing the same opponents again and again, that that can sort of make it tougher on the batters that it's pitchers that they're not as familiar with. Oh, absolutely. So I think it'll also mean even if they're like there's a club with a winning record playing one with a losing record, it could end up being a little bit more of sort of an anything can happen in baseball kind of a game, which, you know, I mean, from a fan's perspective, that can be frustrating when you're like, my team's supposed to be good and this team's supposed to be bad and we couldn't even beat them. But I think it's actually one of the great things about baseball is that the worst team can beat the best team, you know, and like mm-hmm. does at least 30% of the time. So it's unpredictableness, uh, if that's a word, I don't know if that's the word, is yeah, part of what makes it fun. It's a word now, yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's a word now, yeah. And uh, and I think that the, the, the more balanced schedule is going to increase that. I love it. And, you know, you – Part of what you were talking about is just getting a chance to see these guys. You're just getting a chance to see. And, and Courtney, we, we've done podcasts about, and I'm anxious to get Alan's take on this. One of Courtney's greatest podcasts that we've ever done was protocol when you go as a visitor to another ballpark. You know, so Courtney, like Courtney, this was the Rangers, right? Courtney, the, going to the Rangers yep. ballpark. This was yep. a $25 helmet margarita night. So, yeah, um, but it is, and Courtney was very, very insightful. In a nutshell, Courtney, bullet point, like the protocol, what what you do, because you're, you talk to people, right, Courtney? Like I, you, you go, you're. Everybody. Yes. <laughs> I'm a big yeah. talker. <laughs> yeah. But you, I mean, you talk to people, you cheer for your team, and you're, you're you know all that. I, I get I get to the ballpark early. I scout out the park. I walk around. I check out the concessions. I talk to the fans next to me. I get to know people. I get to know the ushers. You know, I get my famous picture in the stadium. You know, that's very important to me. And you just really want to take it all in. Like I'm not into. I don't want to miss. I don't miss the national anthem. I don't miss the first pitch. I want to be in my seat. When all that's going on and all settled in with my $25 drink in hand. And I just want to take it all in. I mean, I'm not when I like I said earlier, 
when I go to these ballparks, it's a special event. It's a special moment. And I want to take it all in and get the most experiences I can. I mean, it's just, I think it's really unique and really special to be in a baseball stadium. And that's what we're going to get more. I mean, that's, Alan, I don't know if how, how you feel like when you go to, when you went to, uh, if you, when you go to like the games in Anaheim, is it to see, have you seen your Phillies in other places? I guess is what I'm asking. I have, but I, I usually it's that wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, I'm like, is there an opportunity to see baseball? Yeah. Like, you know, really like angry. I remember when we went to a, a friend's wedding in Atlanta and like the team was out, not there. And I was like, ah, I can't even see Atlanta play. So yeah, um, I was mad. I was like, what a waste of a wedding. Anyway, um, that's just really my, my attitude. So, you know, the one time that I saw the angels play in Anaheim, I remember it was, it was the Astros. So it was just like random matchup, but I was in Los Angeles and, you know, I've been to a few games at Dodger stadium, which is a little bit easier to get to. Uh, but nevertheless, I figured out how to get myself to Anaheim because I just wanted to see the stadium and, you know, see a, a baseball game there, which I do think is is really a unique delight to, like, visit a baseball stadium oh. that you have not visited before. Yep. Oh, my goodness. What a treat. And, Courtney, how many have you been to now? So I, I'm only missing four, Ellen. Ooh. So Yeah, so I'm right there. I'm, I'm planning on doing – I'm finishing the list hopefully this year. But similar to you, I was in Miami over the summer – and I had never been to the New Marlins Park and Miami was playing Washington. And I'm just like, you know what? I, I want to see Miami's park. I've never been $10 tickets right behind home plate because it's oh. Miami. I mean, it's incredible. And it's just like, I can now cross this, cross this bad boy off my list. I mean, it's, I don't care who's playing like you. If I'm in a city, I'm like, okay, can I go to a baseball game? Who can I, who can I see here? Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool experience. Yeah, I'm sorry that you didn't see Marlins Park pre-Jeter because it used to be a lot weirder in a way oh, that I appreciate Yeah, the H&R, the H&R Puffin Stuff statue in, in was, center field. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I was just like, just sort of keep baseball weird, you know what I mean, is my <laughs> attitude. So, yeah. 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 All right, well, uh, we, we've kept you a long time here but because I could talk to you about for four hours about baseball. And I do want to get to the last thing. And this is one of the things um, – that I think that it's, we talk about going places, going to see teams. Well, everyone wants to go to San Diego. And and so here's here's the funny thing. We had on um, Ortiz, I was at the Red Sox Winter Weekend doing radio, and, and Ortiz came on. <laughs> and I'm like, David, you know, Xander Bogarts, he went to San Diego. But you know how it is. You leave the Boston market, you don't get the juice, you don't get the, like, the excitement. He's going to, like, he's going to get to San Diego. I'm like, where is everyone caring so much? And Ortiz was just like, what are you talking about? Like, San Diego is like, you know what makes people excited? Winning. And they're going to win a ton. I'm like, okay, well, I can't really argue with you. But like, you put this as number three on your list, and for good reason, right? I mean, this is going to be in like a fascinating dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, part of it is, does have to do with Sandra Bogarts, who I deeply love. And like, I... I uh, I understand this might be sort of a sore spot for you, but I mean, I also want to say in, in Padres fans defense, like it's the only show in town sports wise. And yeah. so I think like Padres fans are, are, I think of them as pretty passionate fans, especially because AJ Preller has been pushing the chips in for a good number of years at this point. Like they've got real reason to rally around this franchise for a while. It's not like, Oh, finally here they are. They're showing up. Um, but my, you know, my love for Xander Bogarts is not voided by him playing for the Padres, like just the reverse. And I, I also like, I mean, I absolutely love Juan Soto. Like sometimes I think, how, how can you not love Juan Soto? And then I meet somebody who just doesn't love Juan Soto the way that I do. And I'm completely baffled. So like you've got Soto and you've got Xander and Machado on a team. And we're going to have Fernando Tatis coming back. And I understand that opinion may really be mixed about Tatis. But from my perspective, you know, like, it's a joy to see him play. Yeah, One we, of can't the thi- forget, we can't forget that. Like, seeing him, like, these workout, like, this is the problem, right? Is that he had a run of really, really bad press, and probably rightfully so, right? Mm-hmm. But we can't forget, like, 
when this guy plays baseball, holy mackerel, like he can play the baseball. Absolutely he can. You know, I mean, one of the sort of like joking analytics that I came up with as one of the analysts on Off Base on MLB Network was expected fun. And like Tatis just ranks really, really high in expected fun. And I I, I love to watch him play. And I, I mean, I do. I'm not going to go into a whole like sidebar about how we as a society need to accept that like people can be contradictory things and we can hold both of those things and that's okay. Um, but yeah, like I'm personally really excited to see Tatis come back. Like I really want to see him get back on the field. And, you know, in terms of, of the rest of their team, Nelson Cruz is a good dude. And like Austin Nola um, is the Padres jersey that I actually own. And Haseon Kim took a huge step forward this past year and it's got great defense. And like, I understand that it's going to be a little bit questionable until Tatis gets back in the outfield. That's like Matt Carpenter, Adam Engel. I don't know, but he's going to be back in like late April. So, you know, I, I, and also their pitching is so good. Oh my goodness. Like it's just, it's, they've got such a, a, a stellar rotation and I'm a little sort of questioning Seth Lugo is really going to be the fifth starter. I mean, I like Seth Lugo, but I, I feel like what might actually be is that he's just sort of like a placeholder to be like, can Adrian Morejon come back from uh, Tommy John, um, which, you know, it was a little bit of a rocky return last year. But I think one thing that Morahone could really do for the rotation, this is something that my friend Nick Pollock from PitcherList talks about, is how, you know, the Padres as a rotation, none of them have like a great fastball or use their fastball super well. Um, so, you know, Joe Musgrove obviously found so much success in throwing his breaking pitches more and and you Darvish throws everything, but his fastball is not his um, the best of his 17 pitches. And um, and and Blake Snell hasn't quite been using his fastball in the way that he used to. And so, like, Adrian Morihone had such a good fastball pre-Tommy John, so I feel like, anyway, that's just, I'm sorry, that was my digression. But, like, I'm as excited about the rotation. And, as I said before, like, the Padres have sent, spent so much prospect capital and actual capital over the years that, like, I think we all just, you know, want to, like, reward A.J. Preller's efforts and well, and like see them capture the division you know yeah. and like now that well, again, the Dodgers the, are the, go ahead I'm sorry oh I was just gonna say now that the Dodgers are kind of like taking a gap here I mean it's the Dodgers so I would not at all be surprised to see them get like the 99th percentile outcome on like JD Martinez and Noah Syndergaard <laughs> and Miguel Vargas and James Outman and but still like the Padres have a shot and you know it's just it's like it's almost February, and that's the month of the unstruck baseball heart when we're all so hopeful. And I'm True. just like, yeah, the Padres are winning the division. It's going to happen. Gordy's got her plane tickets to Arizona. She's wanting to get on the plane right now. You're ready to roll, Gordy, right? Oh, I'm always, I'm always ready for spring yeah. training. But, like, I mean, you said it perfectly. I mean, February is upon us, and that's when, like, even as I'm a diehard White Sox fan, and, you know, I look at, like, the Padres spending all this crazy money, even the Phillies, and I'm just like, God, why can't I have a GM that's this aggressive, you know? But, <laughs> oh, you're GM. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, oh, and also, I'm a little sensitive about Fernando Tatis Jr., but we won't for that. <laughs> either. Yeah, I understand. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean for this all to be yeah. rubbing salt into your No, wounds. no. I so, feel like you're trolling me a little bit. Trolling no, me a little bit. I, 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 if anything, I just, I please, like, along with the T-shirts, I also want the White Sox to play the Phillies down in the World Series just to, yeah. to get you two on. So, so you you bring up expected fun, which I oh my goodness I'm gonna I'm sorry I'm gonna owe you five dollars if you copyrighted it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Courtney, uh, your who you expected fun, what who is your who is your number one expected fun on the Courtney Finnegan list? I mean, can I be selfish and pick a White Sox player? Yeah, well, my, yeah, it's God, fine. I need a bounce back. I need a bounce back. Um, I'm hoping that the 2023 White Sox are actually a fun team again. You know, they were allegedly going to be a fun team in 2022. They were the complete opposite. So we, on paper, we have a team that's supposedly fun. You know, Tim Anderson. I was going to say Tim Anderson, very high in expected fun as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, right. Very high in expected fun. I mean, we talk about stolen bases. I mean, we have guys on the White Sox that can easily steal 40, 40 bags. I mean, we have Luis Robert. 
who I think if he can get his stuff together can easily be an MVP candidate. So I just want to see fun baseball back on the South side again. It's felt like it's been too long. I need that. I want that. My life will be a lot better if that can happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's get that world series. What are you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, was, was the question who is, who do I think is like 100th percentile and expected? Fun? Yeah. 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 I would, I would ask. Yeah. Just Chisholm. Jazz oh, Chisholm yeah. is the face of expected fun. MLB you know the what show I mean? Cover boy. Yeah, Very yeah. excited yep. that yeah that he made the the MLB the show cover because I just feel like it's it's a sign that you know the the sort of marketing around baseball is going to continue to um, lift up players who play with like personality and like a little bit of swagger and stuff like that, rather than kind of the old school mentality of being like, you don't do that. That's not the way that the game is supposed to be played. And like, I'm not, I'm not going to address that whole stupid kerfuffle last season, but like, I'm just, I'm on team. You do you jazz. So uh, yeah, that's, it's good. I mean, it's good. And, and, you know, we had, um, and there's, and this is a bigger conversation, maybe another one that we can have another time, but it's like, this is where baseball's going. This is where uh, slowly, and we had, when Joe Kelly was on, it was right around the World Series, and we talked about the interviews in the dugout during the World Series. And it's like, one of the things you should notice is that how no one's giving anyone crap about doing them in the dugout. They're not giving them the side eye. They understand, like, you're doing these because it's important to do. And I, I know a lot of people don't like them and they don't like think it's a distraction, but the acceptance of that is something new. And the acceptance of fun is getting there slowly and slowly and slowly. And Ellen and Courtney, I think that that the players are understanding that it's okay to show the personalities a little bit more. And we had last week we had on Joey Vada. We talked about chess for 30 minutes, right? I mean, and and he's a, I've never, I had never talked to him. And like, he was a very, very, very like unique guy, fascinating guy, fun to talk to. Um, but definitely not one of these guys. And this is guys I like who, when you ask him a question, gives him an, an gives an answer that you're not expecting. Mm. You know, like yeah. I had said, I was ready to roll with this whole, Oh, well, Joey, you know, like chess and baseball. He's like, no, no. <laughs> Baseball's checkers. And then he goes on for 15 minutes why baseball's checkers and not chess. But that's, but we need more of that. Not just, it would have been easy for him to say, yes, the, you know, the, the, the mind and this and that, you know, like, no. So anyway, that's my long winded way of saying. Yeah. It. Joey Votto, definitely like top five baseball players you're going to invite to your party. Like if you could pick. Oh yeah. Oh, for that's sure. a great one. That's that a is great good. Great. Can we do, I know that we're running out of time here, but can we do top three baseball players you invite to a party? Can yeah. Guys, all right. So let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Joey Votto. Yeah. And I'm going to pick Andrew McCutcheon. Okay. Like clear, fantastic party person. And I'm so like delighted for Pirates fans that he's back on the Pirates. It just makes me happy for them because they need to be happy. Not that they don't have some exciting young guys as well, but, um, and, uh, oh, oh boy. (laughs) It is really tough. Suddenly, like, I'm like, oh no, I only have one more pick. Um, okay. I'm going to make, I'm going to make, I'm going to make the Homer pick and then I'm going to just say the additional person who suddenly I was like, oh, well, obviously. So, Kyle Schwarber, like I can't not pick a Philly and, and like, you know, Dave Dombrowski with his hat backwards said something <laughs> about like how he's never seen somebody be such a good clubhouse influence as Kyle Schwarber. So I just feel like he's got to be an immaculate vibes dude and would be good at any party. And I think, you know, like I'm going to credit Kyle Schwarber vibes with a lot of why the Phillies played with just so much joy. Um, and I mean, I'm also, I've got to credit Rob Thompson with that, but like, I think that Rob Thompson talks so much about what Schwarber did for the team um, that, yeah, I have to pick him. But the other obvious one that I was like, Oh, Brett Phillips, like, duh. Um, anyway. So, uh, so, so I want to also pick you, Brett Phillips. I love you, Brett Phillips. I'm going to, first of all, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, oh, I'm sorry, go, Courtney, go ahead. I'm kind of disappointed no Daniel Vogelbach call out from, oh. from here. Come on. That was my number one pick, Daniel well, Vogelbach. Okay. Well, you get to what, pick Daniel Vogelbach. Yeah, yeah, I don't know he's on the Mets. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Courtney, what do you got? You got, do you have three? 
I, oh, I mean, I, Daniel Vogelbach to me is number one. He just oh. looks like the guy that would be pumping the keg. I mean, just, just yeah. enjoying himself. Kind of Chris Farley-esque, you know, yeah. just yeah. light uh, the part. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do my own homer pick, and I'm going to go Eloy Jimenez just because he's just a ray of sunshine, um, even though he can't play defense for the life of him. But very fun man and funny and lighthearted. And then I saw his first ever home runs in person. Ooh, ooh I like I love that. I love that. And then I'm going to go Jazz Chisholm. Jazz just, you know, with those vibes and the style. And, I mean, not that his name is Jazz, but I'd imagine he's got pretty good music taste. You know, kind of have him set up, handling the music, handling the vibes. I think that he's a, he's a good choice as well. All good. Obviously. This is, yeah. this is another goal. I will have a party with all these people attending uh, in another year. But, I, but, Ellen, I want to make a point that, I'm going to send you the podcast we did with Kevin Plowecki um, during the World Series or just after the World Series. And he took he was like talking about texting with Schwarber after the the Dancing on My Own song became such a thing because Plowecki was the guy who basically surfaced it with the Red Sox. And and so he's texting Schwarber. He's like, dude, really, (laughs) really like. It's just been less, it's been a year and you're already like using it for another team. What? Like, so. <laughs> yeah, that was our song. Yeah. Yeah. Blackly <laughs> like copyright talking about owing someone $5. Um, and Brett Phillips also, uh, we were very fortunate we had on the podcast and I would absolutely, I'm going to give my three off the top of the head and it's, I'm going to go with Brett Phillips as well because he's a conversationalist and that's going to be a key at a party. He's not going to sit there and just not say anything. Um, and I'm going to go with a former player just because I know him really well. And every time I talk to him or, or around him, he brings a smile to my face and that's Sean Casey. So, Oh my goodness. Sean Casey. I mean, yeah, the mayor, like, yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. he doesn't oh, play, Sean but Casey's I have to, he's invited to any party and, oh, uh, I'm, obviously. I'm, and I'm contractually obligated to say Joe Kelly. So, yeah. <laughs> so there and Joe Kelly is also an excellent choice though. I love oh, Joe Kelly. Oh, yes. Yeah. Listen, listen, it, like it's, it's, uh, I can go on. Joe Kelly this. fight club forever. <laughs> yes. 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 He, uh, he uh, he got he just was on a podcast and part of our book promotion and he evidently got a lot of play when he talked about um, how he would fight Carlos Correa in the hotel if uh, if the two of them were put together uh, during that COVID year. But you know that's chapter six. Anyway, um, just watch out for that plate in his ankle. You know, uh, <laughs> I know, I know, right? Exactly. Um, well, yeah. So a challenge, a challenge, the cryptid challenge, which is to for everybody listening. The first person on social media who can find the baseball reference, Encrypted, uh, which excellent movie. Go watch it now. And this will give you even more motivation to do it. And so I just want to give you an opportunity, Alan, just to, once again, you have so much going on. And I hope you come back on the podcast, with Courtney and myself. And and it's it's been so much fun. Um, but what, what's going on for you? What's your what's your life look like in the next few months? I mean, I'm an actor, so I never know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I obviously Cryptid is out right now, and I do have a couple other movies coming out this year, I think, but I don't know exactly when that's going to be, um, and one of them I can't even say the name Oh, I love that. Um, but the other one, as I mentioned, is Heard. Um, and uh, I am also, as, as you mentioned, I do baseball drawings by commission, so the easiest way to find those is just to go to my normal uh, actor website. Well, it's it's sort of everything at this point, which is elenadare.com. And if you scroll all the way down, you'll you'll find the a link to the drawings website That's just because awesome. it has a m- more complicated uh, URL. So um, yeah. Also, I have a couple of podcasts. I think I mentioned my uh, my baseball movies podcast called Take Me Into the Ball Game, and I'm also the host of a podcast, uh, Love Takes Action, that I think we have just been greenlit for season two of, so that's exciting. And, uh, yeah, doing a lot of writing. That's my that, life. That's awesome. That's awesome stuff. I'm going to ask you to, to uh, do some art of Louise Robert for Courtney. That's my – Courtney, okay. when's your birthday? February 2nd, it's Thursday. Oh, I can't draw that fast. (laughs) (laughs) Like a month ago, Ellen, I'm disappointed. Uh, I I love, by the way, I love when 
an actor says, you know, there's a big project and I'm not even allowed to talk about it. You know, that's, that's when it's to the good stuff. (laughs) It's, it is, it is, um, it is an independent film, but, uh, yeah, they just don't want, they don't want to share the title of it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. As long as it's not baseballs and boring. So (laughs) no, it's not, it's absolutely not. That movie's coming. Uh, both of you, thank you so much for joining. This has been so much fun and, uh, and I hope that we can do it again. Yeah, anytime. This has been a real blast.